Well, hello, Mr. Lee. Thank you for uh, joining us today. How are you? Oh, great. Thank you. Very good, man. Um, I know we were talking just a second ago. You said you were fulfilling all day long, huh? So you finally got those physical copies? I did. Yeah, we got them a, a little while ago and I've been like mailing off, mailing them off in uh, batches. So we got the last big batch going out today or tomorrow. That's awesome, man. Well, congratulations. I think I saw your uh, Twitter about how good it felt. And I saw like packages of comics laying on your table. It's got to be a really good feeling to see everything come through like that. I love it. It's a wild feeling to be like, I'm filling up a long box with a thing that I made. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I don't think this is your first forte into a comic though, right? Uh, no, I've done a few other things. I um, started a long time ago with a, a little indie group and we did a few books. I uh, really only got like one issue of anything out, um, but I kind of got me the taste. Sure, and yeah. so I always wanted to do more stuff, but it's just, you know, comics are kind of expensive to produce. So I kind of did things in drips and drabs. Yeah. Um, between, between the first comic book and what I've been doing lately, I did like a children's book. I did a prose horror anthology. And then I started releasing little short um, like EC Tales from the Crypt style horror stories. Yeah. And then that kind of got me to where I am yeah. now, where I was able to kind of do some own stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was looking on online just to see uh, what I could see of other things that you've written. Was it Auditorium? Is that one of them? Yeah, that's the, the the horror anthology has a couple different branches. The the okay. prose book is like a standalone uh, horror anthology. Uh -huh. That's in like that Tales from the Crypt style where yeah, it's yeah. like an overstory, but then within the overstory, there are rooms of this crazy antiquary place that have different themings. So we've got like an H.P. Lovecraft, <laughs> one that's based on supernatural stuff. And so from that also is the short comics tales from the auditorium which are all free to read on global comics oh awesome yeah i'll have to check it out on global comics that's where i actually found sasone um i saw something i don't know how i started following you i just started following a lot of other creators and then you mentioned it and i went on global comics and i read it and that's i was like oh this is pretty funny man this is pretty good that's awesome i really appreciate it i love yeah. that site they are so indie positive i mean they, they really are all of like all the little guys as much as they push the big guys. I love that they're getting traction from people like heavy metal and top cow. And yeah, I mean, they've been getting some big names to join on. I, I think it's yeah. excellent because it's great to have like, I loved comiXology when it first started. I still like things about it, but it seems like when it kind of got amalgamated with Amazon, yeah. it kind of got away from that, that indie stuff and they are just so full on indie. It's a, it's a wonderful site and a great community. It really is. It really is. Well, Lee, I mean, let's kind of jump back into your uh, history and then kind of make our way up to Sassone. And then we would love to know what's kind of next. I mean, I've already read um, what is on Global Comics. And then obviously I went to Audible and I listened to the entire story, which is great. Um, but I, there's a lot more to that, obviously, than issue one. So I don't want to give anything away that maybe you're you're doing in the future. So I'll let you kind of speak to that. But when I was uh, um, kind of finding a little bit more about you, Lee, online, I, I noticed there was a comic called No Rest for the Wicked. Was that the oh, first yeah. kind of forte into actual comics or? That is, that was, that was part of the the group that I was with. We did, that was my first kind of humor book. And I actually started yeah. scripting that before I knew any of those people. Um, uh -huh. In college, I did um, like a gag a day strip with a friend that was kind of like um, Liberty Meadows by Frank Cho. I don't know if you've ever read that. I haven't. But it's no. like, it's like a, basically just like a Sunday comic strip, but it just is a little bit more it's a little bit more risque and stuff but anyway yeah. um 
I got my influences from that, and so I did that, and then I started writing my own full humor comic, but I had no one to illustrate it. So I had all these great ideas and yeah. all these scripts, and so I met those the, the group Swamp Fox Media is the name of the group. Okay. And so we got together, and we did, did our first issues of stuff, and I got to put out my first issue of that. And I'm actually planning to reboot that uh, story into the Sasonaverse. Oh, no so way. Those guys, yeah, those guys will be meeting Sasone. We're going to move them into Grand <laughs> City. I think it's just too fun of a concept of a bunch yeah. of horrible, like just bad at being bad supervillains. <laughs> I so love that's it. That's awesome, man. Well, then after uh, No Rest for the Wicked, what I noticed, I think it was called Synthetic, but there was about three issues of that, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. I did uh, Synthetic with uh, Emil Koki. Um, he's a really good friend of mine. Um, I met him when I lived in Myrtle Beach um amazing artist has very strong like 90s vibes to the way he draws incredible nice. detail yeah. um very heavy mcfarlane influence like you know all the the tiny details and everything he yeah. does um and he and i that's actually when i first started kind of editing books because his first issue was finished but he's like i don't like the way the character sounded and so mm -hmm. he wanted me to come and kind of help him redo the dialogue and so we did that and um, it was a real challenge because Emil's super old school. So all of his pages were those full size pages on the, uh -huh. you know, like on like, the Bristol boards yeah. with the lettering done in them. So we had to have everything uh -huh. scanned and then we would erase, like hand erase everything and then put the new, the new stuff had to fit in what was already <laughs> there because you didn't have the, the blank one. So yeah, we did yeah. synthetic and Emil's actually still doing synthetic. I think it's in its fifth or sixth issue. Okay. Um, I wrote the first couple with him to kind of, along with him to kind of get it going. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, that's his baby. And it is an incredible book. Um, yeah. I, I believe it's available on Amazon and a few other places, but definitely check it out. It's beautiful. Yeah, I tried to read it on Global Comics. It does come up, but you're not allowed mm -hmm. to read it. So I don't know if it's more of an advertisement, but I'll, I will definitely check it out on Amazon because the artwork mm -hmm. does look pretty incredible. I bet you that yeah. was a great opportunity to really learn, even though it was a little old school, how a comic was actually produced at the beginning mm -hmm. too, right? Oh, yeah, I did. I was lucky enough to have a lot of really talented people along the way while I stumbled my way into figuring out <laughs> how to do it myself. That's awesome, man. Well, congratulations. Okay, well, the next thing I found was Draw Blood. Is that more of a, oh. horror, a horror comic? Uh, it is, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, That was, I'm in the, uh, Hanno Casola, I believe, is, uh, it was most of his anthology things, but I had done a lot of editing for him. Uh -huh. And so he... Um, he asked me if I'd be interested in being in it. And then I was like, but it's supposed to be all you. He's like, yeah, but you, you got, I know you've got some good stories. Yeah. So we actually took um, my death, death of Brian auditorium story, which is on global comics <laughs> and he had it colored and everything. And that's the only way you can see it in color is that, that particular book. Oh, um, yeah. I think he had it as well. And uh, I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. Excellent anthology. I was very happy. I think that's top secret press. I think is, yeah, did top that, secret is what I saw. Yeah. So excellent book. I was very happy to be part of that. Right on, man. That's pretty cool. So, I mean, you have quite a bit of experience doing comics. I mean, compared to most no, people kind of like jumping in, right? But it seems like you you learn from a really great person, um, old school style, and you're able to take that. And I'm sure it has a lot of influence even today on Sassone. Oh, definitely. It's And, you know, it's, it's funny because like when you when we first started talking, I was like, yeah, I guess I've done a few things. And then you've really done your homework. I've done more <laughs> than a few things. And I just yeah, kind of do so many things you forget and i just i also will talk about how great everyone else is as long as you will let me if you haven't noticed I, I so many awesome people i've gotten to work with yeah i mean I, I think that just builds such an amazing background that really i think comes through when you start to read the zone right because i think the story flows really nicely um and then obviously the artwork is great and then you know I'll, 
I think you and I went back and forth a little bit on uh, Twitter, but there's not enough um, comedy comics out there. You know, I think in the late 80s, early 90s, right? I mean, I was a big Earthworm Jim fan. I love that. And then obviously Tick. I don't know what year it was. It was early on in the 90s when they had the Fox um, show, which Mm -hmm. it only lasted one season, but it was it was hilarious. And obviously Amazon brought it back, but it was less Mm -hmm. on the, the humor side and more on really more aligned to the real comic, which was, mm-hmm. I think there was a little bit of mental illness and some other things that were happening with the tick, but the Fox version of it being a comedy. I mean, I remember sitting with my mom watching that and just dying laughing. I just loved it. And when I read Sasona, it brought back a lot of memories of that old school comedy style of a comic. And that's why I reached out to him like, dude, this is hilarious, man. I loved it. That is, that's real high praise, man. That's yeah. a huge, huge influence to me is that, that sure. uh, cartoon growing up. I mean, like it's that iconic theme song and like yeah. just the art style is incredible. Yeah. I mean, and also I, um, the, there between the Amazon show and the cartoon, there was actually one where Patrick Warburton was the tick. That's right. And um, another huge influence, it, Patrick Warburton, if you're listening, yeah. a huge influence on a lot of my comedic timing and stuff because he's yeah. just so like kind of dry and I love it. Yeah. So the character of Rex uh, slash Rex executioner is yeah. very much Warburton's. His delivery is really kind of like, okay, this guy here, the kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was hilarious, man. Um, so the next thing that I kind of found was uh, there was a, a comic called square one, not too long ago. And you were just a full on editor on that one, if I'm not mistaken. Right. That's correct. Yes, sir. Uh, before I kind of got back into doing comics as a writer, uh-huh. um, because it was so expensive to produce, I just, in any aspect I could, I wanted to to be in comics. So I did a pretty fair bit of editing. I did a lot for Hanu, who is the one who uh, included me in that draw blood. And then I started uh, editing with First Square One, which is a super cool book. Uh-huh. It's got very strong, like, uh, 90s X-Men vibes. So oh, if yeah. you like that, and it's a teen team too, which is always fun. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I've I've done a few uh, editing things for a couple other people there as well. That's cool, man. That's cool. Well, before we get too much into Sasone, really, I want to go back in time, maybe in your younger years. What were your favorite comic books? Do you remember the first comic you ever picked up, and and how did that influence some of the work that you've done today? Okay, so this is I'm probably going to get the number wrong. No problem. I, yeah, I, I think it is Amazing Spider-Man, like thirty five. I talk about this all the time being like an iconic cover that I remember and it's got like Spider-Man, but he's also with like um, the new warriors. And so like that era of Spider-Man really got me. And then also kind of like some of those midnight suns crossovers or things when you would have Deathlock. I always loved like um, kind of fringe heroes, like ones that maybe you didn't see stuff all the time. Yeah. So um, somebody posted the picture of that crazy like cyber arm he had in the back in the day with the Deathlock crossover in the 90s. And I was just like, man, I remember that. (laughs) So I I read a lot of Spider-Man growing up. Um, That was definitely a huge influence. Um, I really got into the comedy comics around the 90s and stuff like that. I love the tick and things like that. Um, and I horror comics a lot as, as I mean, as I got older, I really gravitated towards those EC Warren books. Mm. Um, one of the first, and this is probably why I'm the way I am. One of the first of those books I can remember reading is my dad had a stack of them in his room back at my grandparents' house. And I uh-huh. went into his closet and I found that, um, I think it's Tales of Suspense Stories, the iconic oh, yeah. one with the axe. Yeah, I and remember. I, $1,300 now. And my grandma came and caught me reading it. And I'm pretty sure she threw it out. So oh. 
<laughs> but like it's when I saw that cover again, I was like, oh, I remember that comic book. And then I saw how much it was worth. I was just like, oh my god. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I said, do you remember where are your comics now? It's like, yeah, grandma threw out a lot of them. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, so that that kind of drew me into the black and white horror style. So all that kind of stuff I love. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome, man. What are some of your influences today? Oh man. So uh, it's a lot of the stuff that I like is still classic stuff. I love anthology horror. I love things like creep show and yeah. uh, twilight zone is a huge influence. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I really like anthology stuff. I mean, like I, I love, you know, the standard 24 page comic, obviously that's what I'm writing, but I love the, the all killer, no filler aspect of like, I'm going to tell you a story in, in five pages. You know, like, I mean, it takes, you got to really like hone in to be able to, to lock people that quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like I, I read all kinds of stuff. I read a lot of indie stuff. Um, Final Boy is one that I read. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're to that one. That's a good kind of um, slasher with a, a bit of humor. I'll have to um, check that one out. I haven't read that one. Oh, that's really good. Slowpokes is it? I'm going to give you a lot of horror comics. I'm all sorry. right. Give me oh, some. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Slowpokes is a really good one. It's about um, slasher sloths. <laughs> um. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention um, Deathless by the guys over at We Have Issues podcast. That is an excellent book. Um, so and it's a lot of these. I'm, I'm just giving you a title because like there's so much good stuff. Yeah. I don't even want to get into the pages. Yeah. Um, I, mean, like, I like I like big stuff, big two stuff as well. But like there's I'm so behind on the lore that if I pick something up, yeah. um, I actually just put a, a question on Twitter the other day. I was like, hey, your boy hadn't read a whole lot of big two stuff. And like. 10 years so what's what are things that are in, in a little compartmentalized stuff that i can read so i like kind of standalone stories that you don't have to get all wrapped up in the lore like i love that the stories go back that long and they're so complicated we've retconned things 100 times and people have died and come back and whatever yeah. but like sometimes i just want to read a spider-man story yeah, so. yeah i know exactly <laughs> yeah i know i mean i think growing up there was probably like nine different spider-man comics that you could get mm-hmm. into right amazing peter parker spider-man it's incredible how many there were and um, I love those like short, like three um, comic stories where you don't have to have all the history of what happened in the last 50 issues or anything like that. So I don't know if that's what you're talking about, um, but that's, mm-hmm. I kind of enjoy that when we ever have like a three part series that you could dive into and you don't have to have so much history um, because it's, it's really hard keeping up on that. There's so many issues. It's not like I'm going to own all of them anytime soon, especially Spider-Man. I think the last thing that I read, like a real long run of was uh, Runaways. I really like that okay. series. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's I, I read a little bit of everything. One good way to find out what I'm reading now or what I've been reading is I do that uh, coffee and comics on Mondays and Fridays. Mm-hmm. So if it's something, usually if I put that up there, it's something I've reread recently. Um, so and I usually try to be indie centric, but I also put up just books that I really like, like um, Skull Kickers is one I come back to a lot by Steve mm-hmm. Zub or, or Jim Zub rather. Sorry, excuse me. Um, that one's really good. Yeah, uh, I picked up when I went to the comic shop today. I saw they had a special edition of some book of it out, so I picked up one of those. But yeah, um, I don't read a lot of single issues. Usually, I'll try and find you know if people have like one shots or trades or things like that. But hmm. I mean, you know, it's if you give me a comic book, I'm going to read it. That's what I usually yeah. tell people. <laughs> have you checked out "Something Is Killing the Children" by uh, Boom yet? I was just about to say if you haven't read that one, definitely read it. Oh man, I, that was actually- definitely one of the best series I think there is right now. It's incredible. It is so good. I, I think Monday I actually did that on Coffee and Comics, and I was like, the, uh, the pacing, the art, everything. I don't want to tell everything. you anything. Just this book. So yeah, really good. Nice. So good. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites right now. That's awesome, man. Well, let's let's kind of jump into Sassone, right? So we have issue one. It sounds like uh, you're fulfilling a lot of orders on that. Um, when I saw the picture, I'm like, 
Lee, I got to get one of those, man. I'm such a big fan of it. I just loved it. So I'm glad that you responded. But uh, what's next for Sassone? I mean, I know what issue one had. And then I've obviously listened on Audible, which is close to, what, two, two and a half hours worth of content. Um, I assume a lot of that's going to start to go into issues. Uh, well, actually, it's the fun thing about the um, the book is, you know, I told you, I, I think we were talking before the recording, the way it worked was I wrote it work for hire. Yeah. And um, the way that Brian and I worked it out is that I make the comic and then he can make the novels he can use to sewn in his grand city is like his sandbox. Oh, gotcha. yeah. So any when the novelization and stuff like that, those are all things that he's had done. And one thing we did was um, I always liked the idea of how remember how like when movies would come back in like the 80s and 90s, you'd get the novelization and the novelization would be just a little bit different. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm sure that with um, some of the with listening to it. So he For actually, sure. he had it novelized. They added some subplots and I was like, I like that. I like, I like this. <laughs> we, might, we might start working some of the stuff from the novelization actually into the yeah. books, definitely. Um, I have like a three to four issue, it's miniseries planned for it. Okay. Um, and then like, you know, we're not closing the book on it, but the four issues is like the first little arc. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I've got so many irons in the fire and so many ideas that I want to do. Like I want to, I want to see Sassone through to the end. Yeah. And then I've got some other things I want to do. I've got like a um, an all ages kind of jungle book meets Resident Evil. I know that sounds like it shouldn't be all ages, but it is. <laughs> yeah, when you say Resident Evil, I'm like, I don't know about that one, Lee. It's like Jungle Book, Resident Evil, Hardy Boys. It's a lot of fun in America, so it's not oh, like awesome. it's American animals and stuff. So it's that's something I've got in the works. But um, it's Sassone we're going to do through the three or four issues. I've already contacted the team. Everyone's super on board. We were all excited. Uh, Brian's going to come back and edit it with us. Nice. So um, we're going to continue to work that. Like I said, we're going to try and work No Rest of the Wicked in because, I mean, that can be a one shot. Those can kind of come whenever. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, I'm, we're definitely not done with Mark. We want, I, He's such a fun character, and there's so <laughs> much of in him that he's so fun to write. Because yeah, whenever yeah. I'm filmed, I'm like, what, what, would I, what would I say here? So it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, you you get connected to him really easily, I think, because you know things don't go his way um, very often, and you could relate to a lot of the times that when it doesn't go his way, right? You, I think, in your mind, you build up the scenario of how you want it to play out, and then once you jump into whatever that situation is, it usually goes opposite, at least for me. And as I'm reading with Mark, I'm like, uh, I can relate, man. It, that did not go as planned at all. I don't think. Yeah, it's, that's one of the things that's fun about writing him is he's so like it's it's so much just real world real life yeah, because yeah. which is weird to say about a ballet dancing crime fighter who has super strong <laughs> It, it is the, like the the little scene where he gets angry with the lady he's trying to save and he's like just just let me save you like i get <laughs> I think people feel that in their soul like i'm just trying to do a good thing just let me do the good thing yeah yeah and, and of course he catches himself he's like i'm so sorry yeah and i mean I, I, a lot of people have been like oh i, I went over that was a little too much let me just back yeah. a little bit so yeah, <laughs> you know life life is life is failure a lot of times and so sure. to see someone doing their best despite the fact that life is failure i mean it can't go much worse than it goes for him in that book yeah um, but yeah. he's still trying to do the right thing up to the last page so yeah 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 um even um olivia his girlfriend that that relationship is so toxic um yeah. but it's so hilarious too and he tries everything to make things right and he just can't get anything going um and i won't give anything away but at the end i feel like there could be a story about her too moving forward oh yeah it's the 
that's uh olivia, <clears throat> excuse me olivia definitely plays a part in in the story so if you um if you enjoyed her part in that or, or how it how it ended on the note it ended on with her yeah. good news that's the rest of the story <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> very good man very good so where did this passion of writing come from uh, you know, I feel like ever since I was a kid, I've always liked to tell stories. I always yeah. say that one of my earliest memories of writing something was taking a story I wrote, uh, I think for school, called Larry the Leech. And, I mean, I was like six years old. And I took it to my yeah. dad. And my dad's very kind of straight-laced uh, bakery kind of guy by day, rock rock star by night. He plays in a local band. Yeah. But even when he didn't get me, he was super supportive. So That's I handed awesome. him the story that was written, you know, with, with a six-year-old intent just to be like, you know, I was... It was like the 80s or 90s. So it was like gross out kid stuff. <laughs> and my dad read it and he's like, this is really good. And I was like, it is. I mean, I mean, thank you. Thank you. It is. <laughs> um, so I think it started there. But I've always liked um, telling stories, you know, like so I think that it, a lot of it came from that. I grew up on a lot of great storytellers like, you know, Jim Henson and stuff like that. Huge influences. So for sure. I was in plus the 80s and 90s was a great time to for within movies to, to grow up too. So, you know, you're seeing things like Gremlins and E.T. and Ghostbusters and just some of the best movies, in my opinion, of my, of yeah, my time come out sure. in that, that uh, time frame. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're right. I think that I mean, storytelling, I think during that time frame has been amazing. And to be honest, I don't want to say it's a lost art because there's a lot of amazing writers out there. But even in the movies, right, it's it's a lot of rehashes of what happened before. And I feel like there's like a, I don't know, a gap in that kind of talent. And uh, so when you do pick up something and it is kind of unique and you can get into it, you get really excited about that. And I'm sure that's what uh, you're talking about whenever you do a review on something that you've read, right? There's excitement like, wow, this is really good and I want to share this with everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think it's great that the movies now, like it seems like the the theme is, hey, remember how movies were then? We're going to make one of them style movies now. And I'm like, OK, do it. I love those movies. I, know. <laughs> I do enjoy it for sure. For sure. So what's uh, what's next, Lee? Anything that you could share with us as far as Sassone or anything you're working on outside of Sassone? Uh, yeah, well, right now for Sassone, we've got um, we're doing for February, we're doing an exclusive crowdfunder cover. Okay. um to it's a charity cover to benefit the trevor project which is an lgbtq crisis line right um and then we're planning on doing a artist edition i don't know if you've seen like marvel does that like they did a mcfarlane one where it's yeah. just the pencils and inks so we're going to do a just pencils and inks uh, mcfarlane edition okay. um and so we're going to go ahead and have to um you know we're going to have it the colors all taken out but yeah. even though steve did a beautiful job but just to kind of really highlight ray's work um, and then every penny of that, none of that goes into my pocket. It all goes right back to Ray for the next issue. So that's really like an extra boost to issue two to kind of get us going. That's awesome. Um, so we're gonna try and, uh, by the end of the year, we definitely want to try and get issue two out. Um, like I said, I got I, I, so many things I want to do. I have to really kind of try and schedule it all out. Um, yeah. We want to try and at least start working towards that unnamed uh, all ages project this year. Yep. I've already got an artist attached and we're kind of working on that. Um, what else? Are we, what, what am I doing? <laughs> uh, we're going to do a second. I, I'm working right now on writing a second installment of the, uh, the auditorium anthology horror series, like the actual okay. pro series. Uh -huh. And, um, the whole idea with that was this first one is kind of boilerplate takes place in a spooky museum, mm -hmm. but the idea was to always take that horror host and drop them into different places. Uh, okay. So the, the next, uh, volume 
is the same horror host, but now he's in the old West. So all the stories are weird West stuff. And that's the plan to kind of take him and kind of put him, put horror in different genres. Maybe this one's fantasy, maybe this one's sci-fi, but it's always that same guy, a very kind of like Dr. Who situation. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I think that's everything we got going on right now. Yeah. Um, As I was, uh, you know, getting ready for us to meet, I actually picked up a comic this week. It came out last week and I didn't get it. And then I got it this week. It's called White Knight by Dark Horse. I don't know if you've seen that one. I haven't. I was just at the comic shop. I should have picked it up. I I love Dark Horse. They're a great imprint, man. Stuff like uh, that. Oh, so good. Hellboy. Them and Boom, I think, are just amazing. Those are my two favorite. And then obviously Image, but I I love Mm -hmm. those two. But check it out. It is a comedy. So when I read it, when I looked at the, let me see if I could find it. When I looked at the cover, oh, I think I put it away. Oh, it's right here. Give me a second real quick, Lee. So when I picked it up, right, the cover looks amazing, right? It has this warrior. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm like, wow, this is incredible. And I take it up to my, the owner of the comic book store who I'm good friends with. And, and he goes, I just want you to know, not that I'm telling you not to get it because it's a great comic, but it's not what you think. I'm like, what? He goes, it's a lot funnier than it is what you're thinking it is. I'm like, okay, cool. I, I love a good comedy. It's good. I think you're going to like it, Lee. It's definitely your style of it. comedy, but check it out. I think you're going to enjoy it. Awesome. I'll have them added to my pull box. That's great. Yeah, I think you'll like it. And I think it's a it's just a four-part uh, series, so they'll do four issues and it'll be over, but you're going to enjoy that, man. But when I was thinking you're of Sassone and then I read that, I'm like, oh, this is right down Lee's alley. That's awesome. I'll definitely have to check it out. Uh, I do want to, one comic I want to shout out that I'm really oh, looking please. forward to. Um, Local Man. It's Tim Seeley and Tony Fleeks. Uh, Tim Seeley did Hack Slash, and then uh, Tony did Stray Dogs. Both of those books are super cool. Um, but it's uh, it's like a 90s kind of, kind of throwback, but not the way you think. And they're doing a lot of amazing uh, homage covers for it. Like uh, Tim posts them all the time. He did one that was uh, Darker Image, number one, which is a super deep cut. Uh, first appearance of the Max, which is one of my favorite comic book oh, characters. Yeah. Um, but like it's it's very like nudge nudge wink wink to '90s kids because it, yeah. it, you can tell it's very much meant for like that kind of that kind of crowd. So that's what I'm super excited about. Comes out February 22nd, I think. February 22nd. Okay, I'll have to keep an eye out for that too. Hashtag not sponsored, but if you want to, Tim. <laughs> yeah, <know>. exactly. <laughs> right on. So where can people uh, find Lee and everything Lee's working on? Okay, so uh, as you mentioned, I'm pretty active on Twitter. Yeah, uh, that's Raven Writing Desk, no G, all one word, um, and that's me on most things. I think I'm that on Hive, uh, Instagram, um, but I'm most active on Twitter. Uh, Global Comics, we're under uh, Benali Books, so that's um, I don't know if this is backwards or not, but that's that's no, the it's, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, B E N A L E E. Uh, yeah, and that's actually that actually is my dad's local nickname. So that's oh, cool. because we're, it's Benny Lee and he's junior and I'm the third. So around town, they call him Benny Lee. And I was trying to think of a really good imprint that I wouldn't ever want to change. Yeah. And considering yeah. kind of was like the the founder of dealing with my weirdness. I was like, <laughs> Benny Lee books are perfect. And it's very kind of, you know, we're down in South Carolina. So it's got a very kind of homegrown look to the logo and everything. So. <laughs> It's I've changed the name of my public what I published under a few times, yeah. but I think I finally found one that's going to stick. Yeah, that's awesome, man. What a great way to, you know, honor your father. That's pretty cool. And I will say a lot of the stuff on Global Comics is free to read, too. Uh, even the first couple pages of the sun is free to read. Yeah, good point. Good point. Well, Lee, I, I know you're a busy man. I know you just got off work, so I will uh, let you go. But I can't 
uh, thank you enough for joining us today, Lee. Um, always enjoy hearing all the different things you have to share, especially um, your take on salads. I could not agree more. Um, but uh, yeah, you definitely got to follow Lee on Twitter. A lot of fun uh, comments. And uh, I look forward to seeing what you have to say every day. And I can't wait to see the rest of the work that you do on Sassone. Um, Can't thank you enough for joining me today, Lee. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you for having me. And I got to tell you, I love the content that you're putting out. Every time it. you post up comics and stuff, like it's like, oh, that looks great. I got to get that. I just, uh, or, you know, different figures and stuff. Yeah. Like that's we're one of my lifelines into what's what's happening right now. <laughs> so appreciate I definitely it. appreciate it. I love, I love the content that you're putting out. So thank you for having me. And thank you very much for all the good work you're doing for comics and the indie community and all that kind of stuff. Right on, Lee. Well, thanks so much, man. You have a great uh, rest of the night and uh, we'll be talking soon. Awesome. Thank you. You as well. All right.